When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Halos Heaven podcast with your host, Dominical Renz. And the band is back together. David Goodkind, Cole Bailey, for the first time technically in 2022, a podcast is being done between the three of us. We have done a couple or at least one live Twitter space. That was when the CBA broke and baseball came back to us after a 98, 99-day hiatus. But as we record this here on March the 18th, it's the first day of spring, and Joe Adele has already tanked and obliterated a two-run blast for the Angels. So good news on that front if you're tuning in. But Cole, David, welcome back into the podcast. How you guys been? Good. Man. Great to be back. It's been, it's been a long time. It's been so fun just watching all this. Uh, baseball finally is back on the national radar after so long. It's been glorious, even if it took a while for the Angels to do something. Yeah, well said. <laughs> As it always takes a little while, you know, the 20-game spring training uh, season has begun. The new CBA is locked in opening day, April the 7th against the Houston Astros. The Angels have the first homestand of the season. It'll be a couple games against the Houston Astros and then a couple of games against the Miami Marlins for some interleague action. But baseball is back. That is the theme. A full 162 game season. Mike Trout's healthy. Shohei Otani coming off the MVP 2021 season. Rendon's back. Noah Syndergaard is healthy. The list goes on and on of the players that we knew about before the lockout. Now let's move into the post-lockout era and some of the new additions that have come to the Angels. We already knew one. Kurt Suzuki re-signed a one-year deal. Him and Max Stassi will lock down the battery mates, uh, helping out the pitching staff, which I think, you know, not a favorite move by Angel fans on social media, but he does bring an element of veteran presence to the locker room, so I will take that. Uh, but the three big signings that the Angels have had over the last 24, 48, 72 hours here, infielder Matt Duffy and yesterday relievers Archie Bradley and Ryan Tapera. Let's start on the infielder side first because Bradley and Tapera will get into our bullpen discussion, which I think the Angels have a very strong bullpen now. Matt Duffy... World Series champion with the Giants, had his time with the Chicago Cubs last year. Cole, what do you think Matt Duffy brings to the Angels, especially with the conversation of the shortstop debacle between Renjifo, Mayfield, Velasquez, Wade, now Duffy enters the equation? Um, I think he's at the very least a solid like move on the margins because he, he hasn't been anything special over the last few years, but he – he had a high, high batting average, pretty good on base last year. He played, like, I think it was five different positions for the Cubs in only 90 games. So he's, you can use him like that. I think if they don't make any other moves, he's in the running to start at second base, which I think 
it'd be fine. Like it's not he's not gonna light the world on fire, but I think at the very least he's a steady presence. Like you know, he's not gonna be anything crazy, but he's also not gonna suck really bad. I think you you're getting a baseline of performance. Sorry for lack of a better word, but I think it was a solid move. It's one of those where you you don't think much of it when it happens, but it could turn out to be pretty solid when you look back on it like in a couple months yeah his two 2021 stats he was having a 287 average five home runs 30 runs batted in 12 doubles and 25 walks in 2021 with the Chicago Cubs so the numbers don't look horrible they're not horrendous it's a pretty even stat line and I think he could bring some stability now to the Angels infield now the question is as we were talking about before we started this podcast David Fletcher is the X factor in this situation because he can play second and he can play short. So between the guys that I mentioned before that are battling for the extra infield spot, hence Renjifo, Mayfield, Velasquez, Wade, and now Duffy, certain players could put Fletcher at short. Certain players could put Fletcher at second. David, I'll bring you into the conversation with this part of the question. Does David Fletcher fit better at short or second? And where do you think Joe Madden inevitably puts him the majority of the time since he can go back and forth probably at second right now long run it 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 just feels like the angels want him at short from what they've been saying before the lockout even till now it's been consistent that they want to keep trying him at short so in my opinion it looks like with especially with the duffy signing let's say no other moves are made let's say they don't add a shortstop and this is what the infield depth looks like um i'm assuming he's going to play a majority at short with Duffy taking second. So I think Madden will utilize him that way. Personally, I think in a perfect world, Fletcher stays at second with, with the, the lack of moves to acquire a, a top end shortstop. I don't think the angels have much of a choice. I think Fletcher provides more of a bad option than the alternatives. And so he's got to be playing. I mean, and, and he's got a better glove, frankly. So I think he could be used well at, at, at short. I know there are some detractors to it, but you know, have faith, have faith in the man. I think he, I think he can handle short. I guess to wrap up my own rambling, Madden's probably going to use him at short. Duffy at second. Um, I'd put money on that right now, as of right now, March eighteenth, just after one o'clock. Um, David Fletcher's going to be your opening day shortstop. And the whole Carlos Correa and Trevor Story are the two top shortstops that have still yet to sign with any team. Angels are, I feel, not in the market for those two players. Now, yes, they need a shortstop, but they're not going to spend all their money on Carlos Correa, and Trevor Story is becoming less likely of an option as there's about four teams in the running for him, and two teams are known, two teams are maybe a mystery, so maybe the Angels do have some magic working in the background that we don't know about in this moment. But the Angels do have $30 million in payroll, that they can play with right now. And they played with a little bit more and we'll move from the infield discussion now to what we really want to talk about. The bulk of this podcast is the angels pitching fans have been saying this for years. Angels need pitching, pitching, pitching. And when you get pitching, get more pitching to back it up just because of health reasons. Angels addressed the starting rotation before the lockout with Syndergaard and Lorenzen. And they touched on the bullpen a little bit by re-signing Rysel Iglesias and Aaron Loop. Now, coming out of the 
pandemic or not the pandemic. Oh boy. Now I'm really setting this two year break. <laughs> well, you could say the lockout did feel like pandemic all over again. So maybe it's just PTSD on my end, but <laughs> the angels go after some really key bullpen pieces. They pick up Archie Bradley, who was with the Philadelphia Phillies last year. And also Ryan Tapera, who was in Chicago all year last year with the Cubs and the White Sox. So two bona fide back end of the bullpen pieces that have veteran presence, have shown what they can do. Archie Bradley, 7-3 and three with a 3.71 ERA in 53 games in 2021. And Tapera, a 2.79 ERA in 65 games and 74 strikeouts to uh, tack on to that. Two healthy pitchers, two guys ready to roll to pair with Iglesias and Loop. And then there's also guys like Myers, Warren, Kayada, Wance, Herget, Marte, and the newly out of retirement Ty Buttry has factored into the mix here. So a lot, a lot, a lot going on with this Angels bullpen. I feel the bullpen is completely stacked now. And the Angels have, at least in the moment, have favored the bullpen over the starting rotation. I'm not horribly torn up about it, but at least let's go start off with Archie Bradley, Ryan Tapera. Cole, I know you were a big Ryan Tapera fan heading into the offseason. So start with Tapera. What do you like about him and how can he help the Angels bullpen exceed even further? Yeah, I think I'd mentioned it to you guys in our Slack chat even before the lockout to where he had the Perry Manazian connection because he played uh, a lot of his first few years in the big leagues in Toronto. And that's where Perry was before Atlanta. So I think you had it from that. But more than just that, he just made sense because he was just a super solid reliever the last two years. He was, I think it was 2.7 ERA last year as a setup man for most of the time, which is very good. He's top 15 in wins above replacement among relievers for the last two years, which is just adding that to your bullpen is going to be good no matter who it is. And I think he's got the experience to be like a bona fide setup man, which Aaron Loop was one of their other acquisitions. I think he could have filled that role like pretty well if they hadn't gone out and got someone like that. But with Tapera, I think you can put Rysel Iglesias in the closer spot, obviously. You can put Ryan Tapera in the eighth inning. And then you can now kind of use Aaron Loop as like a Swiss Army knife of sorts to where maybe like you're in a jam in the fifth inning and the tough lefty's coming up. You can just throw a loop out there and be like, hey, get out of this, uh, this inning for us. And then you have Tapera still there later. So I think just the lengthening of the bullpen like that with a really quality arm is a very good move that they made. I was a very big fan of that one. Yeah, and I, I love the idea of Aaron Loop being that Swiss Army knife because, yes, Tapera, I think now looking between Loop and Tapera, Tapera may be more of the leading candidate to be Rysel's setup guy. And Tapera's had, like I said, good success as a setup guy. Last year he was setting up before Craig Kimbrell, and then he was setting up before Liam Hendricks. So he has that quality outings that he can produce in the eighth inning or later. Uh, depending if, you know, games go into extra innings or any craziness here in 2022. But let's shift over now for a half a second to Archie Bradley. I will say this, the beard game is 100% beautiful. That beard is, I'm sorry, like the Angels don't get many beards. You know, Brandon Marsh and Archie Bradley are now going to have the battle of the beard, the beard bros. Um, But besides the beard that Archie Bradley brings to the table, David, how does he now factor into this bullpen with such, veteran presence, good stats, and pretty much a reliable arm coming out of that pen. 
it's kind of rare to see, huh? After what we've been dealing with since since 2014. But you know, we had a 4.59 bullpen ERA last year, so he provides way more stability. Like you said, the veteran the veteran presence. Yeah, he, he pitched a, a three point he pitched to a three point seven one ERA last year, which you know the Angels would have loved to have. Oh yeah, um, he's he's a uh, he's kind of on a I, I would say like a downward trajectory, but it looks very slow. It's you know it's the veteran thing. He's getting he's getting a little bit older, and, uh, but he still provides so much value to this team and and just that stability in the middle of the, of the bullpen and like long relief if you really need it um he gets it's 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 all about the versatility it's like you can't you can't um suffer from having too much depth in this bullpen and and you and I were talking earlier about how um you know you were a little bit thin on the rotation than we would have liked but because you have arms like like Bradley and Tapera and then you sandwich it with like loop and and um Rysel Iglesias I mean you're so stacked in the bullpen now that it eases the burden of, of your rotation guys having to go the distance or, or six, seven innings. You have guys like Bradley who can come in, get you through an inning or two, and then you can get up to like, you can get to the setup and you can get to the closer. So he, he bridges that gap beautifully what the angels need, what the angels philosophy is. It looks like going into, to going into the season with this emphasis in the bullpen. So I think he was a, an important pickup and, um, yeah, it's just the, the veteran presence and the good numbers. Can't knock it. Yeah, that bridge that bridge was the big problem last year because exactly. well, the stat was uh, 66-0 and 0 and leading after eight innings, but they didn't get it to Rysel with enough consistency. So adding, adding a guy like Bradley, even if last year was a little bit of a down year, he's got a proven track record of success. Like the, uh, the stat I found when I was writing the news piece uh, yesterday morning was, since he became a full-time reliever in 2017, only six relievers that are qualified in all of baseball have a, a lower ERA and more innings thrown than him. So he's, he's been at least very solid for the last five years, and that's not something that the Angels have had, very solid presence right. in the bullpen. So just building that bridge up and, like, it's kind of the 2014 Royals approach of, like, shortening games, like everyone says. I think it's, it was a very... It's a very interesting direction, but I think it's one I'm a fan of. The Angels have now in this bullpen, at least with the guys that they have signed, depth, consistency, and health. Now, I know the word health and Angels really don't go along (laughs) hand-in-hand in in recent years, but when you have Bradley pitching 53 games last season and Tapera in 65 games last year, that is consistency at its finest. You're always available. You're always there to be on the other end of that bullpen phone and says, okay, I'm up and I'm ready to go. And when I love what Joe Madden said in his opening press conference, when the Angels started spring training a couple of days ago, the question was asked now that you've upgraded the bullpen. And, and it's funny enough because this question was asked before Archie Bradley and Ryan Tapera were signed. So now you can only imagine the answer with those two guys in the bullpen. Should we expect Rysel Iglesias to have more multi-inning appearances this year like he did last year. And Joe Madden said, I hope not, because we don't want to wear out that arm too early in the season. And by the end of the year, it doesn't work as well. Now, luckily, Rysel did a lot of multi-inning appearances throughout the season. And by September, he was still firing in all cylinders. So, you know, let's not play with too much fire at that point. But I think by adding Bradley into Para, 
you really have solidified Iglesias as that ninth inning. That's all he's pitching, barring any, you know, 14 inning game or, or, or some wacky scenario, but nothing in a normal three hour, nine inning game should prevent myself from pitching more than one inning of work, one solid inning of work. Right. And, 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 and it kind of felt like last season, like every game, the angels were getting into some sticky situation and then yeah, Rysel would absolutely. have to come in and clean it up. So when you have guys like Bradley and Tapera who are going to take care of business, you're going to save so many arms and like it's, it's a domino effect, right? You keep help. You have guys doing their jobs, preserve arms. Guys don't have to be overused. And it just, it creates good, good mojo, good health, good preservation. That's what really matters in a 162 game season. It's nice to have that in your back pocket with Rysel able to go multiple innings if you need it. But I think they only needed it as much as they did last year because he was always having to come in with, like the one game in Seattle, for example, no outs and the bases loaded up by one to where Mike Myers loaded the bases or there was a couple of times where Steve Ciszek put a couple of runners on and you you had to have him bail you out. But now they shouldn't be having to do that now, ideally, because if the guys you sign are as good as we think they're going to be, you're going to have that bridge a lot more stable, which is very good just from a team's perspective, but it's also good saving Rysel's arm because you gave him four years. You need him to be your clothes are healthy for a long time now. So I think it was good from that perspective as well. Exactly. And looking at how strong the bullpen is and looking at some of the names that maybe we're not going to talk about as in depth in this podcast, like Austin Warren, who had a very good 2021 season. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned him yet. And he was excellent. Exactly. And then you have Jose Cayada, who I was talking with you guys before we filmed this podcast if you take away two bad outings, his first two outings with the Angels last year, his ERA drops from the high fours to the middle to high twos. That's a, a huge difference for a lefty specialist. And then you can throw in guys like Wance, Marte, Herget, who they got from the Rangers. And then, again, Ty Buttry coming out of retirement. If Buttry can pitch like we've seen he has in the past, that's just another factor into the bullpen that's really going to kick things off in the right direction. Yeah, that's the thing with me. You're not relying on those guys for important roles. Like before before the signings, you had all those guys that you mentioned were lined up for the back end of the bullpen. And they showed flashes, but they're still very unproven. Guys like Want, Ortega, Marte, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But now you can let those guys cook a little bit in AAA, get some more experience. And then if like knock on wood, something does happen to someone you have in the bullpen right now, you can bring those guys up and you still won't be relying on them as much, but they've shown the flashes and they might be able to get it done, which is uh, very nice. It's the, the depth that they've accrued in that uh, the area is not something they've had in a long time. Yeah. And if angel fans are worried on social media that the angels have not done enough about just pitching in general. Yes. Did the angels go out and trade or sign one of those big name ACE type starting pitchers. No, I'll count Noah Syndergaard as an ace, but he's coming off the Tommy John, but I think he'll be fine. Don't worry about that angel fans, but no, they go out and get an ace like a Robbie Ray or Kevin Gossman or, or Scherzer. No, but look what they've done to the bullpen. Look at what they've done last year in the draft with 20 pitchers. Look at what they've done depth wise in the rotation right now. And let's hop into the rotation just for a brief second. Otani, Syndergaard, Lorenzen, three locks, no doubt about it, are in. Sandoval, 
ended last year injured, but he's back. He's healthy. I believe he's the number four starter. Jose Suarez did plenty of things good last year to get that fifth spot. So right now in the Angels starting rotation, it's the sixth and final spot that's really up for grabs. And with Griffin Canning going on the 60-day IL, and he's probably going to be out for at least another couple of months. The battle is really between Berea, Detmers, who today was listed in the top 100 prospects in Major League Baseball. And then number 21. So we have a nice little prospect in our hands that has had moments of looking really good as a nice up and coming pitcher in the Angels rotation. And I think a third guy that can maybe battle for a spot who had, again, moments that looked good last year in 2021 was Jansen Junk, who the Angels picked up in the trade from Andrew Heaney, sending him to New York. In exchange, we got junk. So, Berea Detmer's junk. Cole, in this moment right now, who gets the sixth and final spot and why? I think a lot of it will depend on how they look in spring training. But if you're just asking me right now, I'd probably say Detmer's. He did struggle a little bit last year in his brief stint in the majors. But I think the potential he has is just so much more than those other guys. Like he, like we said, number 21 prospect, he's obviously got something to him. And I think if he can iron out those command issues that he was like working through in August last year, I think he could end up being a pretty good contributor. Obviously a better option would be going out and getting someone and letting him, letting him get a little more experience in triple a. Cause he only started one game there, but right now I think there's a possibility where he's a solid contributor from the jump. And I think that's who I'd prefer Berea's solid depth and all the other guys are solid depth, but I think the upside of Detmers is more than those guys, which is why I personally prefer. And I think he would probably be the leader in the clubhouse right now if they don't go out and get anyone else. Yeah, same question for you, David. Berea Detmers junk. I, I, I'm kind of along the lines of Cole where Detmers, probably because he has such a high upside, he's the number 21 prospect in Major League Baseball right now. I know Berea has more veteran appeal between those three players so maybe he gets maybe more of the nod and junk is the younger of the bunch but between the three Berea Detmer's junk who are you thinking will get that six and final so rotation I'm, prob- I'm, pro- I'm probably in line with you guys it's a really tricky question when you really think about it because all three guys offer something different Detmer's I agree ceiling is so high you, you can see it with this stuff last year like he's got really good stuff but he was also thrown in the fire and, you know, the struggles are a result of that. And I'm kind of afraid of it happening. And again, this season, I don't know if he's ready necessarily, yeah. but he, he is the most talented of the three. It's, it's pretty obvious. So I am worried about throwing him because, you know, these games count and he's still got to figure some stuff out. So um, talent wise, yeah, he, he would be the guy with Berea. You, you never know which Berea you're going to get. And that's also worrisome. Like he can be lights out or he can just struggle right off the bat and give you just one inning. So, you know, that's, that's also a gamble. I like junk a lot. I think he works better right now as like a, a a long relief guy in the bullpen though. So it's really not a simple answer. I like Cole said, I think the, the, the solution here is to get a, a bottom of the rotation guy, either be a trade or free agency or something like that. You need someone who can throw, five innings and not allow more than five runs right now, but Detmer's spring is so important in my opinion, what, what he yeah. does this month, he's got, if, if it's going to be him, he's got to be comfortable with major league pitching at this point. 
kind of get control under and and be ready to go because these games are gonna they're, they're gonna matter to whoever is that sixth sixth pitcher. It's, it's gonna matter. So um, I hope it's him. I hope he figures it out because he's got so much potential. But yeah, uh, I guess I guess Detmers for right now. Let's see how things unfold the next week or so, though. And I do yeah. feel bad for Detmers in a sense because he really got thrown to the pack of wolves in his first three or four starts. Yeah, yeah it went it went Oakland, the Dodgers, and then the Astros. Like, like take that like right off the bat. And I know Jansen Junk, I believe, had he had a tough go about it too because he had like the White Sox in their playoff form. He had the A's and Houston, and then just Packy Naughton was the same way. He got thrown to the Padres, which he actually did pretty good, but still the Padres were a decent team. The Yankees, the Dodgers. He got the Astros too, I think. He got the Astros. Like, that was so bad. I felt bad at a certain point for Junk, Detmers, and Naughton. Like, just here you go. Here's September. Have fun. But that's Major League Baseball, and I agree with both you guys. Detmers, at this point now, if you're going to be the number one 21 prospect in Major League Baseball, and you're on the Angels roster, you got to be ready for major league batters and major league pitching. And if you want to win that six spot, spring I know it's a, a shortened spring this year with 20 games. And the Angels, I don't think, have they announced Detmers' first game? Is it tomorrow? He's going to be Sunday. Okay, he's going to be Sunday's game. Yeah, they announced, they announced the next three. It's like, I think it's Daniel Potts de Leon, who was a depth guy on Saturday, and then Detmers Sunday and Otani Monday. So Detmers will have his first shot at it on Sunday. And I, I really don't want to put him under the fire and say he better be all, all green light, all go from his first spring training start. But because of the whole shortened spring training and opening day is April 7th and the sixth spot of the rotation will probably come against the Miami Marlins in that homestand. Yeah, you might need to pick up the pace a little bit faster yeah. than, mo- if- than most spring trainings, I think. Yeah, and yeah. if the Angels aren't liking what they're seeing, I'm I'm guessing it's going to be Bria actually, just because of the experience he's been up before. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I think it actually might be just because I think you, you I think they want Detmers to get more seasoning in AAA, which is why I think bringing in another starter would be like ideal. Yeah, but the problem is. It's like it's Johnny Cueto and no one else right now on the free agent market. Yeah, Cole, Cole, you read my mind. I'm looking. I currently just looked up free agent starting pitchers, and the best one I'm looking at is Cueto. Cueto and Pineda, and then Tyler Anderson was the third one. But literally right before we clicked uh, go live, he signed with the Dodgers, so he's yeah, not available I, anymore. I, I see Mike Fires. Just these are just name recognition. Mike Fires, Chris Archer. Uh, Jake Arietta, Tanner Roark, our fa- our famous friend Julio Tehran. Yeah, it's a whole lot of uh... a whole lot of eh, but probably yeah. Johnny Cueto is probably the best of the bunch. The thing is, like, I think Not you correct. want you want innings from a guy that you're bringing in externally at this point. You just want them to eat innings because obviously Otani, Syndergaard. Lorenzen, Sandoval, they all have injury histories. So you don't know how many innings you're going to get for them this year. So if you're bringing in a guy externally, you want innings. But like Cueto was injured last year for a little bit. Pineda, I think, was also injured for a little bit. So it's like 
there's not many reliable places to get them at this point. Like the trade market is obviously somewhere you could ob- you could look as well, but in, in my opinion for right now also though it's let's say let's say they're grooming Detmers to be the sixth guy eventually at some point this season. Then you can yeah, take a on a, someone like Cueto and say finally gets injured in July, then you bring up Detmers who's had now a few extra months of experience and now you let him go again. I think what with what Perry Manassian has done, at least on the pitching front of the Angels roster currently, a lot of versatility that can happen. And I think that works perfectly with a Joe Madden style team. So Otani, Syndergaard, Lorenzen, Sandoval, Suarez, Locks, the six spots up for grab. The bullpen is stellar. The offense, I feel, is, again, all healthy, stellar. Marsh, Trout, Adele in the outfield with Upton and Probably Taylor Ward is that backup. Rendon, Fletcher, Walsh in the infield with the whole shortstop. The, uh, the, the cavalcade of guys there. The cavalcade <laughs> of shortstops. And then, of course, behind the plate, Stassi and Suzuki, just like 2021. So the Angels, if they stay healthy, quality team on the field right now. Yes, maybe one or two pieces to the puzzle maybe could still be added before we get into opening day, April 7th. But speaking of pieces to the puzzle, for – Giggles, let's see, is there any more future free agent or trades that could happen to the Angels? We touched upon a little bit Trevor's story a little bit ago. There's four teams in the running for him currently as of March 18th. The Giants and the Red Sox are the two named teams. There's two mystery teams. The Angels do need a shortstop. Is that a possibility? And then the other market, we've been talking about this for a while, Luis Castillo of the Reds, or their other starter in Molly from the Reds. It looks like the Reds are not going to ship out Castillo or Molly at the moment. Cause I did, you know, Cole brought up a couple good trade points a couple days ago, Castillo and Moustakis come to the angels for a package of players. But then of course we go out and get Matt Duffy. So that's probably not counting at this point, but how do we think about future free agent trades that could maybe happen to the angels Cole. Uh, yeah. I'm a little less optimistic about the trade market now because the big one was the reds and then they traded Sonny gray to the twins, obviously, which who he would have been a pretty good fit. But then the GM said like, we don't really envision ourselves trading Castillo or Mali at this point, which I think you could convince them with a good offer, but at this point I'm not expecting them to be moved. And then obviously the other team that's been selling is the A's, but interdivision trades are always a little difficult. So I think those were the two, the two teams that were the most, uh, they had the most promise on a, on a possible deal, but I think I wouldn't be expecting that now as a story. I, I'm not expecting that one either, but I think I wouldn't, be surprised if it happened even though i'm not expecting it because they do have a lot that they can offer him like you mentioned the giants and red sox as two of the teams that are in on him they wouldn't be allowing him to play shortstop which i think is something that he expressed interest in still doing and the angels obviously can give him a chance to play short at this point and then they're 30 million below the new luxury tax threshold. So they still theoretically have some money to spend. We don't know if Artie Moreno is going to do it, but so what you're saying is they're going to go sign Carlos Correa for 30 million. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, I don't think he's not going to get as much money as Correa. So you could theoretically fit his contract underneath that luxury tax threshold. And then 
you could give him a short-term deal because he was, it was a little bit of a down year last year. Let him rebuild his value in a lineup that he's not going to be getting pitched around at all because he'd be what the fourth best hitter in the lineup. So I think they do have a lot to offer him. That being said, I still don't think they're going to do it. So we'll see. Apparently that, uh, that's going to get resolved here pretty soon, according to John Heyman, but we'll see. I'm not, I'm not really expecting it, but fingers crossed, I guess it would be a very good addition. It'd be interesting, but David, I know you, you know, not to completely derail the conversation and get to a whole nother player, but I know you are very big on Carlos Correa and I'm not saying, you know, Ooh, he's going to be an angel uniform here, but Correa is on the market. Now does Correa signing affect Trevor Story and mindset, or does Trevor Story go first and Correa just – he's on another planet right now in a different hemisphere of yeah, signing? I think it's the latter. I think Correa is just so good um, that Story's market, it's not – I don't know if it's comparable. Um, I think they could both do short-term deals to maximize value if they're not liking what they're seeing from their offers. Uh, Correa probably is overvaluing himself just a little bit too much. He's probably – his number is probably too astronomical. And so, and he's probably, and it sounds like he's not willing to come down. So I guess taking a one-year deal this in a, in a market next off season where the shorts where, you know, the shortstop option is a little bit limited compared to what we just came from. Exactly. Um, he could probably, he could get someone desperate enough to pay what he's asking for. So I think it makes sense for him. Um, I don't think the angels are a player at all for Korea personally, you know, you have to keep in mind Otani is going to need an extension. That's why I think story still fits with, with this roster in, in, in payroll because he's not going to shoot you in the foot as much as like someone like Korea or some of the other, like Seager would have hurt more. Um, but yeah, story is, it's interesting with him because his, his home versus away splits were pretty drastic. And so, um, and, and he's coming off a down year and he can get hurt. So, uh, he doesn't need that, that. That's that's why I feel like he's such a good fit with the Angels because he doesn't have to be the guy. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I think, as you mentioned, his home and road splits when he was with the Colorado Rockies were so drastic. He might need a short term deal to prove to everybody right. that was kind of a fluke and that was just Coors Field being Coors Field. Yeah. So that could fit as well. You can toss him in a lineup with Trout, Rendon, and Otani. He's not. He's gonna get pitches to hit, so that's a way that he could rebuild his value. I still think he could get a good, nice deal, but if he wants to try again, like next offseason, like you could do worse. <laughs> right, and the Angels could still offer him a, a pretty nice deal. He gets to live in Southern California, play with play with a really competitive team, and uh, try to win a championship. So it's it's not exactly the Chris Bryant situation either. So that was so he strange. Can get, <laughs> he could still get, yeah, he could still get a nice payday or he, or he could do a short-term deal and have a, a really uh, solid AAV for a year or two. I don't, I, you know, you know, I think his market, I think people, you know, especially with Colorado doing what they're doing, they, maybe they wise up to something about him. I don't know. I, putting Colorado and wise in the same sentence feels wrong to an extent. They, they're very confusing. Yeah. That whole, so, that whole deal over the last, like. You trade Arenado, you don't trade Story, you let Story walk, and then you pay Chris Bryant all that money. Like, if they had kept Trevor Story and they got Chris Bryant, okay, sure. They're still trying to maybe be competitive slightly in the NOS, and they're maybe battling for third place with the San Diego Padres. But Chris Bryant is now the spearhead of the Colorado Rockies, 
and their number two best player is and let the crickets chirp like it's gonna be a very it's jose iglesias jose iglesias you know the, 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 the i don't want to say the late great but the 2021 great the old friend, old friend alert happens but you look at the angels right now and i think free agents and trade trades more i think harder than the free agent market right now but i think the angels may be content with what they have barring anything that happens over the next 20 days in spring training like you said david Don't that otani does gonna need to get paid next season right so Soon. you got to kind of keep that it's, in mind it's as well. not a bad team as is no if we stop right now we're, we're okay but if you want to put them over i mean you could add more kind of their arm you could look at someone like trevor story I, like you said, I don't see the trade market happening really with anything unless unless the Cardinals sign story. But yeah, that's the big thing. DeYoung might be available. Yeah, he could be weird, an interesting Weird thing low. is, I think honestly, and we've talked about this in the past. The first month of the season for the Angels has never been great. They're always maybe five hundred coming out of the month of April. I yeah. wonder. I wonder this year if the roster stays as is. If we see what the Angels put together in April and maybe half of May, and then if we're actually competitive and we're over 500 and we're less than three games out of first or we're in first place, do then the Angels go out and do an early trade? Do they pick up a free agent that hasn't signed yet? Do they go that route instead of trying to get them all now, try to figure out the pieces, then it doesn't work, and maybe sprinkle them in as we go along this season? I could see that specifically at shortstop. I think theoretically you could roll with Duffy and Fletcher as the middle infield pairing. Obviously it's not ideal and you could upgrade there, but I think if you are indeed in the mix, like around the trade deadline, I think you, you could shift Duffy to a utility spot and then maybe try to go out and get a shortstop or the last rotation spot. But it's hard to see like, where that's going to come from. But I do think, I do think like if they do get out to a hard start or a hot start, even without making any more moves and they, that could be an option. And I wonder, and this could be the whole prayer for make a full circle moment here, bringing them all the way back to Matt Duffy here. I wonder if he could maybe, maybe not to the full extent that Tommy LaStella did, but he could have a little Tommy LaStella rebirth. The Angels picked him up from the Chicago Cubs, just like Matt Duffy. He played second base. He had an all-star caliber year. Maybe Matt Duffy can get back to that, you know, gracious all-star, maybe not full all-star, but a good, capable second baseman that can pair well. He hits for an average and does the little things right, like Joe Madden loves. So, who knows? Matt Duffy may be the, the secret prize of the offseason that we just don't know we needed just quite yet. Because so. I miss Tommy LaStella. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there's and, a And he's playing well at, with San Francisco still. Yeah. It, exactly. So there, there's a lot, a lot to unpack, I think, still with 20-plus days remaining before the opening day, April 7th, as the Angels host the Houston Astros. Um I know some of us, I know Cole said he was going to be there for opening day if possible. Um, He will be there. So there's a lot ramping up here with the Angels. And this is just the first of many podcasts that we're going to be doing here in the near future. Spring training is on. It has begun today. Joe Adele's behemoth home run to left center field against against the Oakland A's is live. It's happening. Baseball is back. The Angels are 
making a flurry of pitching moves, which is what fans have been wanting, but I guess it's not exactly what the fans have been wanting because they haven't been so nice to Perry Manassian over the last couple of days. But I think with Duffy, with Bradley, with Tapera, with Syndergaard, Lorenzen, Loop, quality moves, I think under the radar moves, no, they're not flashy, but I feel they're quality moves. But for right now, keep it tuned in on to Halo's Heaven on Facebook, on Twitter for all the latest updates with whatever happens with the Angels, especially with spring training being live and happening. I'm Dominic Lorenz. That's Cole Bailey. That's David Goodkind. Keep tuning in for more podcasts and more stories that we got coming up for you on Halo'sHeaven.com. But until then, cheers to spring training and cheers to yet another Halo's Heaven podcast.